Welcome to the Annie Jennings PR author and expert podcast series. My name is Stacey Amaral Kaufman. I'm the radio director for Annie's Big City Number One National Radio campaign that includes a performance guarantee and unlimited media training. Annie Jennings also offers her famous performance publicity program with no monthly retainers for influential online media outlets and television across the country. And today's guest is Emily Browker, the CEO of Refresh Communication. She is an employee engagement expert, singularly focused on helping people create trusting relationships across differences. She does this by teaching clients the tools to overcome challenges that inevitably get in the way. For the last decade, she has worked with academic, nonprofit, corporate, and government clients on strengthening the inclusive brain, fostering the trust mindset, and managing defensiveness always pointing people towards the best version of themselves. So welcome, Emily. Thank you so much. Now, you talk about the trust mindset. I just mentioned that in the intro. What exactly would that be and why is it important? Well, you know, I find often uh, people leave trust up to chance. They think, you know, sometimes it's a fit and sometimes it's not. But, um, you know, I find that we have to really develop a mindset about our relationships and a mindset or like a way of thinking about something that we can consciously cultivate. Um, So it's important to recognize, first of all, that it's easier for us to build trust with people who look and sound and think like us. This is just a resonance that happens with people. So we want to build trust with people that don't think like us, because that's actually how we're going to leverage different ways of seeing things and thinking about problems. So a trust mindset intentionally puts building trust front and center as a business goal. We're not leaving it up to chance anymore. We're applying certain tools so that when people feel trust in a company, they start to feel differently about work and you get different results. So I'm sure this comes in very handy as you have a lot of experience working internationally, an impressive amount, actually. It looks like over 30 countries, and you also have two master's degrees related to culture and communication. So how is this experience relevant for some of the U.S.-based companies who hire you? Yeah, so, you know, I do do a lot of work uh, across national cultural differences, um, but that now I'm doing a lot more work domestically in the States with folks that don't necessarily have people all over the world. Um, and I've worked in countries with pretty extreme cultural differences, you know, helping people collaborate and align goals and build relationships. And it's a lot more challenging across different cultures, um, a lot more fun, too, or it can be fun as well. Um, but what I find is the models that I use to teach about um, differences, it's it's easier to grasp onto the extreme differences that we may see across vast cultural differences, and then we can apply it to more nuanced differences that we may see, you know, within our office or honestly, even within our relationships. <laughs> so, um, so that, that's kind of how it translates is the, the, the cultural differences that we see across borders has direct applications. Um, so for example, some countries are more emotionally expressive than other countries. Um, in the U S a lot of folks tend to be more emotionally restrained. And so We understand those differences um, through different national lenses, but then we see how it shows up in our daily work, regardless of whether we're working with people from other cultures. 
So, Emily, which companies, we're talking about all the different companies that you work with, of course, which companies or organizations tend to seek you out? What are What would your ideal client look like, and what results would they expect to see as a result of your training? Yeah, you know, I have kind of two um, categories of clients that seek me out right now. One is the mid-sized corporate company that's growing and they're they're needing to set themselves apart from other companies. They they want to establish a reputation as the best place to work for. You know, that's just super cool people and then they're going to start attracting top talent and retaining them. So that's what the the companies can start to see who are kind of that growing company the when they establish themselves as a place that people are just really excited um, to go to work and to collaborate with folks, then they're going to be attracting and retaining top talent. I also work with nonprofits who uh, are looking to reach out to different cultural groups in their communities. They're trying to figure out how to get more engagement. And when they learn to build trust, um, they do get that engagement. They get more response to their efforts. And then it's much more efficient, which translates into saving time and money. And I also find that anyone who is can apply these tools and really start to build trust gets o- overall more satisfaction out of their day and less stress they're bringing home with them at night. Now, I'm sure some of our listeners are thinking, what can I do right now to build more trust with my direct reports or colleagues? What would be one piece of advice that you can leave with them? Yeah. Um, So I I talk a lot in the work that I do, the training and the keynotes that I do about the brain and looking at this from a brain perspective, because it's kind of nice to normalize that we all have similar responses to differences. So one thing we need to recognize um, that could be helpful for your listeners is that the second you become defensive, and we become defensive in big ways sometimes, but also in small ways throughout the day. The second you become defensive, you're going to start communicating either verbally or non-verbally from a part of your brain that really narrows your ability to see any nuance. You'll end up thinking all of a sudden you're just going to be thinking black and white, which means you're going to start saying things in your head like you you always do this or you never do this. And as soon as you start hearing those always and nevers, know that probably the next thing to come out of your mouth is not going to be beneficial to the relationship. You may burn a bridge that you don't want to. So those are, I talk about those as cue words, always and never, anything that reflects black and white thinking. And that's a stop and fix situation. Know that you're not working from the part of your brain where the compassion and empathy centers are, which is important in building trust. So what you can do in that moment is find a way to reset, take a walk, take a deep breath. And it's challenging to recognize that in the moment, but it's not as challenging as doing the repair afterwards. Well, Emily, that is an excellent tip to leave our listeners with something they can. (laughs) Yeah, it's totally actionable. They can do this. They can recognize it. So thank you so much for that. And and everyone can learn much more about Emily Browker by visiting her website, which is refreshcommunication.com. That's refreshcommunication.com. And all of her trainings can be delivered in person or virtually. And for people who are ready to do a deeper dive, there are coaching and self-directed study options as well. So Emily, thanks again for sharing today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. 
And thank you all for listening to this podcast brought to you by AnnieJenningsPR.com. Till next time.